Well, hello once again. God bless. Welcome back to the Bible teaching channel of A Love Outreach. Today we are going to go ahead and cover another chapter of Proverbs. It is the 12th day of the month, and I will be looking at Proverbs chapter 12. So if you have come upon this video, as I always say, or this audio, please grab your Bible and you can follow along with me if you feel so inclined. Other not, otherwise, you can just listen and you know hear what the Word of God has to say as well. So, Proverbs chapter 1, or excuse me, chapter 12, starting in verse 1, it says, Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Now, interesting word there, huh? The word stupid. Well, the King James Version of the Bible there uses the word brutish, and it's a word that means stupid. So the new King James kind of translated it into uh, just a different vernacular, a more common word that people understand today. I think the... Um, I think the Hebrew word there is the word ba'er, and uh, it means stupidity. So, so it says clearly here, if you hate correction, you're stupid. Now, we've talked about this in times past, have we not? I mean, we've seen this time and time again throughout the book of Proverbs, where it talks about, it's given us the wisdom and the exhortation to say, hey, you need to love knowledge and you need to love correction while you're at it um, and rebuke. You know, sometimes look, we, if we're humble, we realize that there's so much we don't know. There, I mean, quite frankly, I mean, I'll, you, I won't say this about you, but I'll say this about me. There are so many things in life that I'm just plain stupid about. I mean, I just, I'm ignorant to it. I, I don't know about it. It doesn't mean I can't learn, but, you know, when it comes to needing correction, comes to needing guidance in life, we can't harden our hearts and we can't get a stiff neck, as they say, as the proverb talks about, you know, and um, get a thick head or become stubborn and say, I'm not going to listen to that correction. I'm not going to listen to the knowledge you have. What I know is good enough. And the way of the flesh, the way of the carnal flesh is to think that way and to feel that way and to act that way, to be that way. So it's important that we change our attitude in that sense. And this is the practical th kind of stuff that we can get out of the book of Proverbs here, that we can love knowledge, that we can uh, you know, not be stupid and hate correction. You know, and so much of life, so much of our daily life, so much of what we go through as we walk through this temporary life in which we now live. Uh, and I hope you've come to realize that by now in your life, that it is temporary, okay, this life. But so much that we go through in this life, um, you know, we need guidance. We need direction. We need instruction. We need knowledge. We need correction and rebuke at times, right? And again, these are all things that we find in the Word of God, you know? So, 
Verse 2 goes on and says, A good man obtains favor from the Lord, but a man of wicked intentions he will condemn. Now, as I read that right now, it just quickly popped into my mind that the Lord is watching. Do you see that? Like a, a good man obtains favor from the Lord. Well, how does the Lord know that we're a good man or we're a good woman, we're doing something good, we're doing things good. How does he know if he's not watching? And how does he know that we have wicked intentions and he'll condemn the person that is of wicked intentions? And you see, the way we need to be living our lives is in a manner where we want to glorify the Lord. You know, we want to be pleasing to the Lord um, and that we live a life you know, in such a manner that we understand that God does care how we live and it does matter how we're living and he is watching over us. He cares for us. More, we are more valuable than a sparrow, but yet he knows when that bird falls from the air. He knows what's going on in your life. Sometimes it might not feel that way, okay? And again, there might be reasons that you don't feel that way. And, and not that I'm promoting that you should go by feelings, but what I'm saying is, is maybe you're not putting your attention in the right place. You're not fixing your eyes on the Lord, as I often talk about, right? You're not focused on His will for your life. So you might feel like, well, the Lord doesn't even pay attention to what's going on in my life anyway, so why does it matter? Well, with a verse like this, we see that a good man obtains favor from the Lord and a wicked man or wicked intentions he will condemn. He's paying attention. The Lord does care. And we can cast all of our cares upon him for he cares for us. He cares about every aspect of our lives. And But we just need to keep trusting him and press on in him, right? A man is not established by wickedness, verse 3 says, but the root of the righteous cannot be moved. Here we see that theme again that we see throughout the book of Proverbs of just that, you know, that firm foundation, that strong, unmovable spot of being where? What's, what's the second half of verse three here says? But the root of who? The righteous. That is the person and, and it's being contrasted there with the first half of verse three, a man is not established by wickedness. So here in verse three, we see wickedness and righteousness. And the Lord and wisdom points us in the way of righteousness. And it's a firm foundation that cannot be moved, will not be shaken, okay? Verse four, an excellent wife is the crown of her husband but she who causes shame is like rottenness in his bones. And you know, oftentimes when you read this, it's you know very evident that you can flip this over to the wife, you know, as well, right? And that is an excellent husband, you know, is a blessing to his wife, no doubt, right? And uh, and if the husband is is a fool and acts like a fool, that's really going to weigh on the wife as well. So it goes both ways here. But remember what we're reading: we're reading Solomon speaking to his son, okay, who's going to have a wife, and he's telling her, "Hey, you know, you want an excellent wife? Find a godly woman. Find someone that cares about the things of God. 
you know, someone that cares about uh, righteousness and things like that, you know, be careful with that kind of thing. My son is what, you know, he's instructing him here and, you know, and, and but again, it could be flipped. You know, we can speak this to a young woman as well and say, hey, you need to find a good man. You need to find a godly man, okay? And uh, wait on the Lord, trust in the Lord, seek the Lord for that, okay? Male or female, whichever you are, find your husband, find your wife, right? The thoughts of the righteous are right, but counsels of the wicked are deceitful. Now, why would the thoughts of the righteous be right? Well, because you're thinking on things that are right. You're thinking on things that are good and pure and lovely and just of good report, you know, as the scripture tells us, right? So your thoughts are going to be good. They're going to be right. But the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. A lot of times, if, if, if you're not careful and you go to somebody for advice that you know that they're known for cheating or they're known for cutting, cor cutting corners or trying to find loopholes, they're bent for that kind of thing, they're going to come up with some type of deceitful counsel for you and just say, hey, you know, just do this. I mean, it goes on all over the world, right? All, you know, in the world every day, I should say, right? You know, hey, just, you know, just tell them this. Hey, when you talk to your insurance company, just tell them this. Or when you do this, just tell them that. All of this deceitful counsel, okay? You want to avoid deceitful counsel. And if you're someone that wants to do what's right, you want to walk in righteousness, you're going to do that, okay? The words of the wicked are, look at this, there's a quote in verse six. The words of the wicked are, in quotations here, it says, lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. You see, the mouth of the upright is going to speak truth, Someone comes along to you and says, hey, let's lie and wait for blood. In other words, let's do something deceitful here. Let's do something evil here. You need to stand up. You need to be righteous and be strong like we see in verse 3, where you cannot be moved. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going that way. And this is what Solomon is telling his son. No, I'm not doing that. No, I'm not going to... Just to stoop to that level, I'm not going to do that thing. I'm not going to compromise in that way, okay? Speak it with your mouth. The mouth of the upright will deliver them. Stand up and say, nope, not me, right? Verse six, the words of the wicked are, I'm sorry, I just read that. Verse seven, the wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. Here again, same thing. That firm foundation. Jesus talked about that firm foundation, didn't he? Building your house. Though, who, who did Jesus say was built upon the rock? It is those that obey his commands. We look at the word of God. We look at the words in red that Jesus said, and we look at the words of his apostles, whom he sent forth with his word and empowered them by his spirit. And they wrote these things down. And even a man like Solomon, you know, Solomon made a lot of mess ups in his life and went in the wrong direction. But God gave him wisdom. Unfortunately, we got the wise sayings here. Now, if you want to read the flip side of Solomon's life, you can read Ecclesiastes, right? Where he, you know, kind of says, well, oh, vanity, vanity, vanity. He learned, he learned. Yeah, he thought he could find happiness in this. He was looking for it in that. He kind of looked for it in everything, 
but he came to the conclusion that we just need to fear the Lord. We just need to reverence the Lord. We need to trust in him and live in a righteous manner, okay? Verse eight, a man will be condemned according to his wisdom, commended, excuse me, a man will be commended according to his wisdom, but he who is of a purse, perverse heart will be despised. Fact of the matter, isn't, isn't it? How many times do you see people that you know you just want to avoid them? They're perverse in their ways. The way that they speak, the commotion that maybe they cause, uh, the trouble that they stir up, they're perverse in their way, and you just kind of don't want to be around them. Nobody wants to be around them. But a person that acts according to wisdom, that is doing things that are right, you know, speaking things that are good and such, they, they're going to be commended for that. People do want to be around that type of person. Better is the one who is slighted but has a servant than he who honors himself but lacks bread. So here we see, you know, someone in the second half of the verse that he who honors himself, it's that proud person, that's puffed up person. You know, they, they, they talk a big talk, okay? But they really don't have anything to show for it. They just talk a big talk, right? Um, you know, and if, you know, a lot of people will say, hey, don't, you know, in the first half of the verse here, let me read it again in verse nine, better is the one who is slighted but has a servant. You know, there are times when people will counsel you and say, hey, you know, he cheated you. He slighted you. He got away. They got one over on you and you need to do something about it. You need to go stand up. You need to get revenge on that person. No, that's okay. I'm doing all right. I'm doing fine. I got everything that I need. I've got, you know, the Lord provides everything I need. Yeah, they might have cheated me on a few dollars. Like I was just telling a story this morning to a friend of mine about one time I got ripped off by a... Uh, auto repair shop and I clearly got ripped off you know and um, I said all right and I paid it but I let him know hey look this is what you've done and you know you know this is what you've done and uh, you know you're never going to see me again and people are going to hear this story from me okay that that this is the kind of place this is and you want to avoid it so the owner of the shop ended up coming over to our house and sat down with me and my wife and tried to just explain why, you know, it had to be this way. And, you know, his parts are the best parts and all of this, but I won't get into the full story, but I'm telling you, it was absolutely ridiculous. You know, $500 more than whatever should be paid, but I just went ahead and paid it. I was slighted in that situation, right? But that's okay. I told him the same thing and he left here never changing anything, but, I told him the same thing. Hey, do you, you're going to have to go through life like this. And, and you know, I'm fine in my heart. I'm just going to pay it and I'm just going to move on. But you know you did wrong and that's why you showed up at my house here. But he refused to change it. He refused to, to do anything about it. And it wasn't, trust me, it wasn't no big argument or anything like that. It was a good conversation, con congenial, you know, in the sense. And just left it at that. But, you know, some, the point is, is sometimes you're going to be slighted in life. Sometimes, yeah, someone might pull something over on you, right? But you don't want to become like them. 
You don't want to become that person yourself. Just move on. Turn, turn the other cheek and just move on. That's what Jesus would counsel you to do by his spirit. Be a peacemaker. Just move on. You know? So better is um, verse uh, 10 here. A righteous man regards the life of his animal, but the tender mercies of the wicked are cruel. So the tender mercies of the wicked. You know, in other words, he's saying that when a wicked person is as nice as they can be, they're still cruel. <laughs> they're still cruel. But he says, a righteous man regards the life of his animal. You know, you're not going to be a person that, and I'm not an animal person, um, not that I don't like them, but if I, I just don't have one. I don't have a pet, don't really care to have a pet. And I know a lot of you be like, oh my gosh, how do you live without that? Well, I live just fine without that, but I totally understand if you want a pet, you need a pet, you like a pet and all that. That's all good. But the point is, is that if even if I did, if I do own a dog or something like that, I'm not going to abuse that dog. I'm going to have kindness in my heart toward every creation of God if I'm walking in the right way of life. Because if I'm beating my animal and I've got that type of thing within me, well, then something's wrong within my heart, isn't it? Because righteousness, you know, the you know, doesn't cause you to walk in that way and be that kind of way and mistreat anything in this life, okay? He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread, but he who follows frivolity is devoid of understanding. So, so what is that talking about? He who tills his land will be satisfied with bread. Work. Solomon has, on a couple occasions throughout the book of Proverbs here, he continues to pound that home in his son. Get out, get up, do something. Work. Till the ground. You know, this speaks in farming terms, terms, right? But there's plenty of work out there. You know, we live in a time right now in this present day and age where, you know, people have a hard time getting employees and keeping employees and everybody's, and I don't know the reason for it, but, you know, people are having a hard time getting employees, you know, and it's because we, it could be just because we came off of a time where there was a lot of, you know, uh, money handed out to people, you know, who didn't work for it. Um, but, you know, anyway, Solomon's telling his son here from the wisdom that God gave Solomon, he's saying, get up, get out, till the land, do something, right? Don't, don't be frivolous, because if you do, you lack in understanding. You're not realizing that this is going to catch up to you in the future. It's going to catch up to you that you're being lazy right now, okay? The wicked covet the catch of evil men, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. Here again, this contrast between the righteous and the fruitfulness of the righteous and the wicked that, you know, say, oh man, look what he got. How do I find a way to get what he got? Let me see how he did that. How did he get a hold of that money? How did he get a hold of that success? And if he's an evil man or if it's an evil woman, you go to them for advice to, and, they, and they give you any, they're going to tell you what they did, how they cheated to get where they are, right? But the righteous yields fruit. And that's what we want, good fruit in our lives, right? Fast forwarding to the New Testament, we want the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's how we want to live, love, peace, and joy, gentleness, faithfulness, kindness, goodness, self-control, all of that, right? We want these things in our lives. If 
We want our lives to be pleasing to God. The wicked, verse 13, the wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will come through trouble. Okay, so look what that's saying. The wicked is ensnared by the transgression of his lips. He's running his mouth, speaking a bunch, trying to get out. You ever watch any videos where they pull somebody over, the cops pull somebody over, and the people are just running their mouth, running their mouth, talking, 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 refusing to be obedient to the law or whatever it may be, and they, they just get ensnared. They're just making it worse for themselves. They're just setting a bigger trap for themselves, but the righteous will come through trouble. Why? Because you do what's right. You obey the law. You do things that are right, okay? And you speak things that are right. Verse 14 says, a man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his mouth. Here we come to that same theme again. And the recompense of a man's hands will be rendered to him, okay? So here again, speaking what is good, working with your hands, doing what is good. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel is wise. You know, sometimes we need to take scriptures like this and put them up in, on our wall, <laughs> you know, just right in front of our face so that, we're, so that we're the type of person that wants to take heed to, to wise counsel and not be a fool and act like, oh, we already know it all. We already know that. Oh, you don't need to tell me nothing. You can't tell me nothing. Unfortunately, do you know, I mean, I've been, you know, through this. Well, yeah, I've probably been through it my own self, but also, you know, as a youth pastor for many years and things like that, you know, you just see that kid that stiffened, stiffens his neck and he thinks he's right in his own eyes, that 14, 15, 16 year old, whatever, and the parents don't know what to do with them and they're a hard head and all of that. And I've seen all of them that I've known, that I've counseled the families and things like that, I've seen all of them fall on their face, go in the wrong direction, still falling on their face because they stiffen their neck. They're not becoming a wise son. They're becoming a fool because they think they know everything at a certain age. And um, it's tough, I know. Look, there's certain ages that for both male and female that you go through, especially those teenage years when there's so much happening in your life, so much happening in your body and things like that. And it's tough and it's difficult. But if you're that teenager now and you've come upon this, you will be so wise if you'll just read and take heed to what the Proverbs say. Just that alone. I mean, the word of God is full of great counsel and great wisdom. But if you'll just take heed to what the Proverbs points you to, to be someone that's not a fool and, and don't be wise in your own eyes, listen, realize that your parents were your age at one time and they've been down this road. They've been through what you're going through. And you may feel like they know nothing or they're out of touch, but there's nothing new under the sun. Sure, we live in a different time and you have different experiences now than maybe your parents did, okay? But the circumstances are still the same in so many ways. And there's so much wisdom that you can gain from your parents, and from people that are older than you, especially if they're godly people, 
well, let me say only if they're godly people do you want their wisdom and their advice anyway. So don't be that fool. Be wise and take heed to wise counsel. Verse 16, a fool's wrath is known at once, but a prudent man covers shame. So to be prudent means you're kind of seeing the danger of something in the future, right? You're looking into it and you're saying, you're using, I think I talked about this recently in another proverb that I went through, but you're using discretion. And you're saying, you know, I'm going to avoid this. And then you end up covering shame as a result because there could be something done that you'd be ashamed of, something happened that you'd be ashamed of. And when you're prudent and you look ahead and you say, nah, I'm not going to do that. But a fool's wrath is known at once, it says in the beginning of verse 16 here, meaning, you know, boom, you can see they're full. Soon as they're spouting off, soon as they've got that wrath going and they're angry and they're acting like a, they're acting like a fool, right? Boom, you know they're a fool because just by the way they're acting or reacting to something, right? But a prudent man says, ah, let me use self-control here. Let me have this temperance in this situation and not act that way. Verse 17, he who speaks truth declares righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Self-explanatory, isn't it? If you speak truth, you're declaring righteousness, you're doing what's right, you're speaking what's right, but a false witness is speaking deceitful things. Verse 18, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. You know, there are a lot of people, and again, all you got to do is get on something like YouTube or look at some of the stuff that gets posted on maybe some form of social media that you have, and you say, wow, what wonderful words from this man. Oh, he seems so wise. Look at him. Look how he's speaking and all that. But is he really wise? Is he really promoting health? Meaning, is he promoting that which is good for others around him. Is it good in the sight of God? Is it good in accordance with the word of God? And the wise is going to do that. And they're going to promote health. They're going to promote that which is good, that which is edifying, okay, to others and such. And again, that which is pleasing to God, okay? Verse 19, the truthful lip shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Truthful lip shall be established forever. So again, just speaking of something that is solid as a rock, a firm foundation that you're speaking truth, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. Again, sooner or later, people figure you out. If you're a smooth talker, but yet you're not really walking the walk, or if you're speaking deceit and you're lying and you're doing that, you ain't gonna last. People are gonna figure you out. People are gonna get away from you. And eventually you're gonna perish because you're walking in the ways of lies. And who is the father of lies? Satan. He's the father of lies and you're following in his ways if you're speaking with a lying tongue. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. These are the type of people you want to be around. Those that are counselors of peace and they're joyful in their heart because they're saying what's right. 
and they're backing it up with the way they live as well. But those that have deceit in his heart, they're, they're just devising evil. It's easy to know. Don't be a fool. You might find somebody, again, and maybe I'm speaking to a younger crowd here. Maybe not, because I know that there's some older people that fall into this kind of stuff too. But sometimes there's people that you see and you just think they're so cool. You know, you just think something about them is just so attractive to you. But you really got to look at what's in their heart. And you got to be careful as to who you hang around, right? Bad company corrupts good morals. Okay, bad company corrupts good morals. Matters what you're doing. It matters who you're hanging around with. It matters what you're allowing into your eyes, what you're allowing into your ears. All of that has an effect in your life in one way, shape, or form. So you gotta choose what's right. Choose to do what's good. Don't be around the wrong people. Gravitate toward good people. If you're in a situation where it's tough to find them, then be that person yourself. Make sure you're that person of peace, that counselor of peace, that person that speaks with truthful lips and you're promoting health. You're seeing, you're promoting that which is good. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous, but the wicked shall be filled with evil. No grave trouble will overtake the righteous. Now, it pops into my mind here where Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. So when we see no grave trouble will overtake the righteous here, we do have problems in this life. We do have circumstances and situations that come and knock us down and beat us down and things like that, right? But we also know that God always makes a way of escape when there's a trial in our lives or a temptation or something, a trouble comes our way. There's always good in it. You know, we got to keep in mind that God is working in us. And now I'm speaking to that person that is that born again Christian that has surrendered their life to Jesus Christ and cares about the things of righteousness and cares about what is good and all of that, right? Um, God is working in you, if you're that person, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Now here's the problem with that. That's the truth. He, God is working in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. The problem is, is when your good pleasure doesn't line up with God's good pleasure. And I'll be the first to testify that that happens a lot for me. I think something's good. I think something should happen this way, but God chooses to take me down a different path. Maybe a way that's harder. Maybe a way that's, you know, I just don't quite understand, but I want to trust in the Lord with all of my heart. Scripture tells me, Proverbs tells us this, right? Proverbs 3, and I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I just want to acknowledge him in all of my ways and he'll make my path straight. That's what you and I should want to do. Again, so there is trouble that does come our way, but in the end, God's working something out if your life is yielded to him, if you're committed to him, and if you're committed to walking in his way. It's not the easy way. Jesus said there'll be tribulation. He told his disciples that. And it's true for us today. If we're followers of Jesus, it's difficult. It's not the easy way. There is an easy way. There is a way that seems right to a man, Proverbs says, but the end thereof is the way of death. So yeah, there's a way that seems right and it seems easy and I'll take that path. It's the road more traveled, right? But 
God doesn't work in that way. At least, I mean, if you found him to work in that way, good for you that you have that kind of life. I've not found that in 36 years of walking with the Lord. I've got to go, th- I've gone through all kinds of different, various trials, and all of them have been for the testing of my faith, and all of them have produced something in me, and that is perseverance that I've continued to walk. I've not been perfect. I've not done everything right. Nothing like that. But God is good, and I just continue to fix my eyes on him as I go through this life. Okay? Verse 22. Lion lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. Plain and simple. Lion lips are an abomination to the Lord. Know if you know that person or if you've come upon this and you are that person where you talk deceitfully and you lie and you know you're lying, know that that is an abomination to the Lord. It is something that he despises, that he does not like. But what he delights in is people who deal truthfully, like verse 22 says here. He wants us to walk in truth. Because if we have Christ in us, he is the way, the truth, and the life. Right? He's, if his spirit was, is within us and we have the mind of Christ, then that's how we're going to be walking. You know? But again, there may be things that you'll go through in life where you're tempted to, to just twist the truth, just to lie, to get ahead, or get something you want. Don't go that way. That's not the way of integrity. That's not the way of wisdom. And we're seeing that throughout the Proverbs. Verse 23. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaim foolishness. You see, sometimes we don't have to just run off at the mouth. I think I talked about this recently as well in another proverb, right? We don't have to run off at the mouth. Sometimes it's good just to conceal something and to shut up, to be quiet, right? Because not everything is edifying. Even though you might have knowledge of something, you might know something, you got you to gotta use discretion and look around and say, is this the right thing to say at this time? What is the, uh, I don't know where it is in Proverbs right now, but it's coming to my mind, the proverb that says, uh, a word fitly spoken is like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. You can look that up. Um, A word fitly spoken is like an apple of gold in a setting of silver. I believe that's how how it's said. And what does that mean? That, that word that is fitly spoken. In other words, it's the right word to say at the right time. It just stands out. It just stands out above everything else. So there's times to say what is right and there's times to just be quiet and conceal that knowledge. Sometimes we get so proud, don't we, that we just want to tell what we know when really what we know is not edifying to others around us or is not the right thing to say, right? Verse 24. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the lazy man will be put to forced labor. If you're a type of person that you're going to get up, you're going to get out, and you're going to work, you're going to find that, um, uh, there's a saying, and it came to me, and I lost it real quick, um, but activity breeds activity, right? The more you're doing, the more you're, you're, you know, you're working, the more fruit you're going to see, right? But a lazy man will be put to forced labor. 
you know, because they're lazy, they don't want to work, but they got to work. So, and they don't do anything to better themselves in life. They don't get out to do something better or to learn something or whatever the case may be. Excuse me. But so they're put to do something they don't want to do, forced labor, right? Verse 25, anxiety in the heart of a man of man causes depression, but a good word makes it glad. Now look, there are many things in life that can cause anxiety for all of us um, and can lead to depression. You may have circumstances in your life, like I've talked about several times, that just beat you down over and over and over. You know, one thing after another after another. They say when it rains, it pours. I've been going through situations like that in my life recently. I won't get into it, but um, just like, you know, just one thing going wrong, next thing going wrong, next thing going wrong, that kind of thing. We all go through that kind of stuff, right? And it can get you down. It can make you depressed and all that. But it says, but a good word makes it glad. There ain't no better word than the word of God. You need to go there, first of all. But also, you need to be a person that is willing to speak good into other people's lives. You know, to encourage them, again, to edify them, like I've said a couple of times here in this teaching, to edify them, to exhort others, right? We need to be that person that's speaking that good word. The righteous, verse 26, should choose his friends carefully, for the way of the wicked leads them astray. I said earlier, Bad company corrupts good morals. That's what this is saying. The righteous should choose his friends carefully for the way of the wicked leads them astray. Verse 27, the lazy man does not roast what he took in hunting, but diligence is man's precious possession. That's, that's a great verse right there of scripture. Diligence is a precious possession. To be diligent in what you're doing to stay focused, to keep going, to, to, to do something that you put your hand to, to do it with all your might and, and to do good at it, to, to be the best at whatever, whatever it is that you're doing, okay? Just being focused, right? But it's saying the lazy man, he goes out and he hunts for something and he doesn't even roast it. He's too lazy. Okay, I got that deer, whatever, and nah, I don't feel like butchering that and cooking that and doing all of that. Solomon's just kind of using this, I believe, kind of in a metaphorical kind of way here to say, you know, be diligent about whatever you do in life. Be, you know, you know, work at it. Don't be that lazy man. Don't don't be that person that has to be put to forced labor like we read about there in verse 24, but be diligent instead, okay? The final verse of Proverbs chapter 12, verse 28. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. So the pathway of righteousness leads to eternal life. Let me read it again. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Okay? Thank you for Jesus. For God made him who had no sin to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But we now need to walk in righteousness. We need, not, we need now to walk in a way that is right. 
okay, in a way that is holy and realize that we need to be set apart from the world. We don't need to be like the brutish man of verse one, that stupid man, ba'er, the Hebrew word there, right? We don't need to be like that guy, okay? We don't need to be like the fool that we read about. We need to be diligent and we need to walk in righteousness and because that pathway is the way to eternal life because we're walking in the path of righteousness for his name's sake, for the name of the Lord, we're walking in that way. So that is Proverbs chapter 12. So again, if you've come upon this teaching, this audio recording, this video, whichever the case may be, uh, like once again, I'd like to say, reach out to us, let us know you're listening, let us know you came upon it, you're watching, maybe even tell us where you're watching from. You can email me directly, dave at aloveoutreach.com, or you can go to our webpage, aloveoutreach.com, fill out the contact form there, and I will get that email as well. But God bless you, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, whichever the case may be, and we do hope to hear from you. And you have yourself a wonderful day, whichever day this is that you have come upon this. God bless you.